Hello there and a very warm welcome to episode 35 of the Frantic Football Podcast on World Football Index. I'm Neil Shalat and I'm delighted to say that I've been once again joined by Alex Barker on this fine Monday. How are you, Alex? Doing really good, Neil. Sappy to be on two weeks in a row. Having a very nice time. It's just us two today, so it's been nice and warm and cosy. No Ben Griffiths to spoil the party. No, no Ben Griffiths after his uh, well tough day at the office last Monday, shall we say. He, he didn't seem to show. Uh, too much of, uh, I suppose, disturbance at at the the six ones, but clearly it has taken a toll on him because we we don't see him today. I mean, might have been the match on the weekend that took a toll as well. We'll talk about that, of course. Mm-hmm. But we've we've got more loads more stuff as well. We had a bunch of trophies handed out, loads of them. I think about ten, give or take. Uh, so we'll talk about those. Then we also had some other knockout games, some league seasons ending, and of course some of the other regular league action. So loads to talk about, title races, relegation battles, other random fun stuff that we have to mention. Uh, So then let's get started after this. Alright, let's start with the trophies. As I said, a bunch to hand out. Let's start in France, where we had a surprise winner in the Coupe de France. Alex was keeping an eye on that. What happened there, Alex? Yes, it was, you know, the underdogs, uh, underdog Coupe de France. It was Nantes beat Toulouse. Obviously, Nantes are the reigning champions of the Coupe de France. Uh, Toulouse had never won it before. I think this might have only second time they've ever reached the final. I believe it might not have been called the Coupe de France when they reached it before. Did they win in 1957? I think they. Well, they win in 1957. Oh, fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. Well, if it, it might have been the the team they this is because the team they played in the semi-finals was in the second tier or is in the second tier. Like it's been a very interesting Coupe de France, but it ended very badly for Nantes. They lost five one. Uh, Logan Costa, not to lose his centre back, got two goals. Uh, for both were from corners. Uh, just Dalinga, who's been great this season, scored two as well, and Zakaria Bukho also scored. One as well. Alban Lafon in goal did not have his best game, and I really like him. The third goal in particular, basically palmed it into the path of an striker. I could go on on all day about this, of course, but I will. I will just say I was talking with Jonathan Johnson, a league and uh, correspondent. Um, I, I've just said how this this game is definitely a spell for how league and could go if they get that fifth Champions League spot. We're going to see less of teams like Nantes who are old school, managed by Antoine Kumbare, an old school manager, in threat of relegation. And we're going to see more teams like Toulouse, who are young young players, very positive game style, data-led team, and they're doing well on the table. So I think this was a statement for French football as much as it was for Toulouse. Yeah, interesting point there. I, 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 that's a fair point. On on Logan Costa, I, I found a fun fact. I think it was from Eskander Tamrat on Twitter. He said that, uh, before this game in senior football, Logan Costa had scored only one goal and he scored two own goals. And now he scored <laughs> a, a, a quick brace in like 10 minutes from two set pieces. So a fine time for it, I say. Anyway, let's let's go on to some of the other titles. Uh, let's go to Italy next. Uh, sadly, Napoli didn't make it, but we did have a Serie A title handed out. 
and it was Roma, Roma Femminile, who won their first ever uh, Serie A title in what is the first fully professional season of the Serie A Femminile. They ended in the process. Juventus's five-year streak of winning the title since Juventus uh, basically were founded in 2017, I believe. They've won the Serie A in each and every season. But this year, they'll be finishing second as Roma have sealed the title after a 2-1 win at Fiorentina. So, they're looking good. They also made, of course, the Champions League quarterfinals, eliminated by eventual winners Barcelona, who, by the way, speaking of them, let me just put that in here, Barcelona won the league as well. They won Liga F in Spain, and once again, they've done it with a perfect record. I think it's 26 wins from 26 games, and I believe you have to go back to July 2021, if I'm not wrong, to find the last time they dropped points in the league. They've won all their games last season en route to the title, won all their games this season en route to the title. Of course, one before that as well. And as I said, they're in the Champions League final. Who will they face? We'll find out soon enough. Arsenal against Wolfsburg is going on as we speak in front of a sold-out Emirates Stadium. Capacity crowd, I believe. That's a record attendance for Arsenal's women's team, so that's great to see. And so, of course, the winner of that tie will face Barcelona in the final. Currently, as I speak, it's Arsenal leading by a goal to nil. So, We'll keep an eye on that, maybe give you an update at the end. Let's go on next to another title in Australia. This was the A-League Women's where Sydney FC won the grand final against Western United. They won 4-0 after losing to Western in one of the earlier knockout games. Uh, of course, Sydney were the premiers as well. and This was their sixth consecutive grand final that they made. They lost their last three, but they've ended that streak in quite some fashion as you see. And of course, this was the first grand final since the A-League's decision to award the next three, I believe, to Sydney, regardless of who makes it. Because usually before, it'll be at the home of the Premiers. In this case, it just so happened to be Sydney. But even if they were not, it would have been uh, the match would have been in Sydney. But either way, it worked out very well for them in the end. And of course, we have to give credit to Western United as well in their first season, basically, since inception. They, they made the final. So well done to them as well. Let's next go to Croatia where you can probably guess the league title winners, but Alex will tell you regardless. Um, before I go into this, I just want to mention, because last week, Neil and Ben eviscerated me for getting the Belgian oh, no. Pro League facts wrong. I would just like to correct Neil that Toulouse have never won a Coupe de France, and this indeed was their first one, according to Wikipedia. He's currently on Zoom. He's currently typing it up. Mm. We'll currently let him let him type it up. Type it in right now. Type in Toulouse honours. I'll tell, tell you what, where I got this. I got that from Fortmob. The if oh, you go well. to the history on Fortmob, it says Coupe de France winner 1956-1957. Let's find out what happened in the 1956-1957 Coupe de France. Yeah, let's get this up live. And and learn once and for all. Let me type this. 1956-1957 Coupe de France final was held at some stadium. That's a Toulouse defeat. Angers 6-3. Let's go. Okay. Well, Fortmob can sponsor this podcast because they're more reliable on the Wikipedia. I retract my statement. <laughs> I mean, I, fair, you know what, Neil? We'll both, fair, I brought this up right. on Wikipedia. But... <laughs> we, well, we're both right then because I went off my sources and now I know not to trust them. Anyway, what we're talking about, Croatian, the, the Croatian League, right? Yeah, Dino yeah. Zagreb, uh, Dino Zagreb won it. They drew nil with Art Travels. Had to split at the weekend. Uh, so it means they're 12 points clear with only so many games to go. Uh, I've got two things to say. Quick shout out to uh, Martin Batalina. He's contracted till 2028. He's a 20 year old attacking midfielder. He's got 15 goal contributions. 
So I need to keep an eye on him because he, he sounds quite interesting. And a question for Neil, since he's so good on his facts. When was the last time Zagreb didn't win the Croatian Football League and who won it? Nah, I'm not going to get who won it. I am. I, I, I recently checked this, like maybe yesterday. I'm pretty sure they won the last five. So I'm going to go... Uh, wait, how's that? Okay, let me count quickly. Uh, no, did the last five include this one? Oh no, that's the problem. I'm saying mm, maybe last five not including this. So 22, 21, 20, 19, 18, 2017? I hate you. I hate doing no a podcast way. with you. <laughs> no, that's, that's a good guess. Guess the winner. Guess the winner. Go on. Compile the uh, misery. Okay. I, I, I think Hajduk is the one to go for. But because you're asking it, I don't think it's them. Maybe I'm trick questioning you. Yeah, exactly. But then who else could it be? I can't off the top of my head, I can't think of anyone who could challenge. Uh, to be fair, I wasn't watching the Croatian League then, so I guess that's a bit of a disadvantage. Uh, but ah, fine, I'll say hi to whatever. Uh, well, Neil, you're completely wrong. I can't believe Oops. you didn't get it. It was uh, Rijeka who got 88 Ooh. points that year. So um, yeah, uh, I think they that... this year as well. They they are indeed fact boy. Now it's back to you. <laughs> uh yeah okay fair enough you got me there what else have we got Ooh, we've got in switzerland a couple of titles we've got young boys winning the swiss super league once again i think that's five in six for them of course last year was a surprise with fc zurich winning uh, they had to fight they were sort of in a relegation fight this season but they've about survived now but yeah young boys absolutely dominant 18 points clear uh at the moment and so of course with like i think five games left that's theirs but behind them Swiss Super League super exciting if you go from second place Lugano down to sixth place Grasshopper it's just uh, six points and there's three European spots up for grabs there so uh, quite a battle for Europe we'll have um, and, and of course young boys of course very happy once again as I said five titles in six years before that I think they hadn't won f- maybe yeah they hadn't won at all I think that was their first title in 2017-18 uh, and they've been dominant since. So, well done to them. Let's move on to the other title in Switzerland, which was the Swiss Cup, Cup the Women's Swiss Cup. And here, Servette won their first cup trophy. They have won the league, I think, in 2021. Uh, but this was their first cup. Uh, they they beat uh, St. Gallen on Saturday to lift this trophy. So, well done to them as well. And speaking of cups, let's head over to the UAE. Uh, where Sharjah uh, Culture Club beat Al Ain after 14 penalties from each side. So after 28 penalties, the final shootout score was, I think, 13-12. was 1-1 uh, after uh, extra time. Uh, and, and Sharjah lifted the UAE Cup trophy. We also had penalties in the Netherlands at the uh, in the final of the KNVB Cup. Uh, PSV against Ajax. Once again, these two were the finalists last year. And I think this is the first time in the 125-year history of the Dutch Cup, that we had a repeat final in back-to-back years. Uh, so PSV won, of course, last year 2-1, I believe it was a comeback win. I sort of a comeback here as well. 1-1, it was at the end of normal time. Uh, Ajax scoring in the first half thanks to an own goal. Uh, performing pretty well too in the first half, but not so much in the second. PSV getting some pressure and then eventually equalizing through Torgan Hazard. Off we went to penalties. Interesting shootout here. Half of the penalties didn't go in. We had 10 attempts. There was a streak of four consecutive misses in the middle. But ultimately, Fabio Silva scored the odd one for PSV. And they've won the title. And that makes Ajax's season go from bad to worse, really. Because 
play as well. Remember, beat them last week, 3-0 in the league to go three points clear in second place, which is the Champions League qualifier spot. So right now, it's not looking good for Ajax uh, in terms of making the Champions League next season. Uh, and of course, they've lost the cup as well, which is their you know, last shot at somewhat salvaging this season. And of course, that means they'll be looking for a new manager potentially next year. I think Alex has spotted a very interesting name. What did you see, Alex? Yes, this was reported by this NOS in uh, the Netherlands, uh, quite a big Dutch outlet. The Ajax have re- well have approached former coach Peter Boss to be the manager. And just wanted to bring this up this, before podcast, as Neil mentioned we, to me, we usually save the managerial discussion till the end, but this doesn't have to be do- too detailed. Just saw a lot of Ajax fans surprisingly really happy about this. I don't know if you saw this, Neil, though. They're saying, yeah, this is a great, um, this be a great appointment for us. And I'm just here to say, check your standard, guys. Last year, you had Eric Ten Hag. I know he was, you know, a manager probably a little above the standard Ajax aimed for. But Boss has been sacked from his last three jobs since leaving Ajax. He had a 33% win rate at Dortmund. He had a 54% win rate at Leverkusen and was sacked because he couldn't get him Champions League football. And he spent a year and a half at Lyon, and that was genu- that was one of the worst teams I've ever watched in like top five league European football. Like their press was shambolic. It was like borderline suicidal tactics. I've never seen anything like it at times. So Ajax fans, really, is Petr Bosch the best you're gonna go for, or is there someone else better out there? I mean, he'll he'll bring entertaining football. I can I can give them that much. I'll be fun attacking. Yeah, it'll be entertaining football as for you both say, teams. Hopeless defending, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be entertaining. As yeah, as a neutral, I'd love it. But I think yeah, as you say, Ajax fan, maybe you should think about this one in a bit more detail. But anyway, let's go on. We do have more uh, trophies to discuss. Let's quickly jump by to Belgium, where we had the cup final. Uh, it featured Royal Antwerp, who are also challenging for the title. They're in the championship playoff group, just two points off the leaders at the start of it. They faced Mechelen, who finished lower mid-table, I think somewhat 13th maybe. Uh, both of them had recently made the cup final and recently won it too. And it was a fairly convincing win here for uh, Royal Antwerp. They won 2-0. As I say, uh, the performance really was... Um, Maybe slightly better than Tunnel, but certainly they were very much in control. Uh, Vincent Janssen scoring in the 35th minute from the penalty spot to give them the lead. And then it was in the 81st minute when uh, Michael Ange Palikwisha scored the second and sealed the result with that. So well done to them. That, that's a, a, a great, great achievement for them uh, after some some poor uh, results in the last couple of seasons but Mark Van Bommel has come in and he's got them playing good football and of course challenging uh, for titles so well done to them uh, let's jump over also to Austria where we had a fun cup final for the first time in a decade as we spoke on Friday no Airbus Salzburg they've won uh, 9 of the last 10 uh, and I think 10 of the last 12 cup titles so in, in the last decade they made all the cup finals only lost once that was to Sturm Graz, and Sturm Graz have done it again. They've won yet another cup title. They beat Rapid Wien uh, in uh, in the Vertici Stadion. In what was a tremendous atmosphere, thanks to both sets of fans, loads of uh, you know fireworks even from going out from the stands, flares and all that sort of stuff. And it was go- it was a brace from Manpreet Sarkaria in the second half after he basically missed an open goal towards the end of the first half, but of course he made up for that. Uh, so those two goals were what saw Sturm lift the Austrian Cup title. So well done. But then we also had a final in Asia, uh, the Champions League final, in fact. But this is a two-legged affair. So this was the first leg. This was in Saudi Arabia, defending champions Al Hilal hosting 
Urawa Reds of Japan. It ended 1-1. Al-Hilal probably, certainly more disappointed with this result and probably the better side too. Uh, they did uh, take the lead as well in the first half where they, they really controlled the game uh, and it, it looked, if anything, they, they could have gotten a second. Salim al-Dosri, of course, the their, their local star, Saudi Arabia, is probably their best player of the, in the country right now, uh, scoring early on. But then in the second half, uh, Urawa Reds equalized. It was a, 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 actually a free goal. I really link it. It was basically someone trying to play a through ball. Um, and Al-Hilal defender slides in to, to sort of intercept it, does get his foot on it. But then the keeper is also rushing out. So it goes past him, hits the post, comes out. and But Shinzo Koroki is at hand to turn it into an empty net. So it was, it was quite a goal. An absolutely free equal, as I said. They, they looked nowhere near scoring for most of that time. So it was 1-1 then. And then worse yet for Al-Hilal at the end, Salem Al-Dosari sent off for kicking out at, a, at, a, at an opposition after he was fouled. A bit of a head loss moment for him there uh, after a pretty good performance, honestly. Uh, but of course, that means he'll be suspended for the second leg in Japan and Urawa Reds go in level uh, on the scoreline. And I do believe we have away goals in the AFC Champions League. So a slight advantage for them. Great result for them then. Uh, let's also talk about some continental knockouts in Africa. The CAF Champions League and Confederation Cup quarterfinal second legs. In the Champions League, on Friday night, Vidal Casablanca, defending champions, beat Tanzanian side Simba on penalties after 1-1 uh, on aggregate. Uh, Raya Casablanca failed to score at home against El Ahli, who had a two-goal lead from the first leg, so they advanced. Raya even missed a penalty at the end of the first half. The, the Mamelodi Sundowns, of course, with a comfortable lead uh, going through once again to the, to the semi-finals. But the, the, the biggest game probably was uh, certainly the most talked about was uh, Espérance against uh, Giscabili of Algeria. This one was in Tunisia, the home of Espérance. They had a one lead from the first leg. Now, th- th- this th- this game ended 1-1, Espérance scoring early in the second half. Uh, so, Kabili's late goal not really meaning anything. They did try and get that second goal, which would have been a second away goal and seen them through but they couldn't quite manage it. But the talking point from this game was not what happened on the pitch, but rather what happened at half time. Now, I think the first thing we have to talk remember is that Esperance have previously had ish incidents of uh, fan trouble and th- they're basically on a suspended ban from CAF uh, for all, all these stadium-related matters. So it was a full stadium allowed, but if they did anything, then they, they knew that they would get serious sanctions. The first half, they were really well-behaved and all, all that sort of stuff. At half time. Uh, at some point, I think maybe 10 minutes in, there was a fire in the stands. Uh, apparently, so some reports suggested there was fighting between the two sets of supporters. Uh, and then the police had to get involved. They fired tear gas and stuff, which was, of course, never great to see. Thankfully, no, nothing serious happened, although there have been some injuries reported. And after about 40-odd minutes, the match was restarted. But the big question is, what exactly happened here? Because afterwards... Uh, at the time in the stadium, everyone was saying that all, the two sets of fans were very well behaved. They had no trouble. It was Esperance fans doing nothing in, in the first half. And then afterwards, some footage emerged of some people getting into the stand, into the stands and to the fencing of it with a chainsaw and trying to break the fencing with a chainsaw, which is absolutely insane. Because mind you, this is a super, super closely 
uh, sort of surveilled area because like i think someone said you're not even allowed to have a lighter in the stadium that that's how careful these people are so for someone to get a chainsaw and start trying to break the fence is absolutely crazy and so ultimately what people are suggesting is that there was a, this group of people which came from outside at half time and started all this trouble over the fire the chainsaw all that sort of stuff so there's some, some pretty crazy stuff i'm sure there'll be more investigations uh into this from caf as well as the authorities but i saw some crazy stuff really going on at the weekend so that was the caf champions league uh confederation cup didn't have any chainsaws or fires thankfully uh but we will have something new there we'll not have a moroccan winner for the first time in four years as far were eliminated by a usm all share so they were the only moroccan representatives in the knockouts they're gone elsewhere asak memosas beat us monatsir marumo golans continue their incredible campaign they've knocked pyramids fc out mind you pyramids close to the top of the table in egypt marumo golans ba- battling relegation in south africa uh, and in the final uh, in the last of the quarter finals young africans sent reverse united home with a goalless draw so their 2-0 first leg lead doing the job that start from the caf confederation cup one final bit of cup action was in scotland the fa cup semi finals a uh, second tier side inverness city beating a uh, falkirk from the third tier to reach the final there they will face celtic who got the better of their old rivals rangers in the second quarter final that's it for the cup action uh, let's go on to some leagues now let's first go to some of the leagues where the regular season ended not a lot of drama in most places uh, in liga mx we are set for uh, the, the the playoffs and there hasn't really been a lot of movement in the table the top 4 so th- these obviously get a bye from the first round they are monterrey america chivas and toluca and then the other sides that have gone through are pachuca leon tigres cruz azul atlas querétaro puebla and i suppose the the only well, i mean puebla and uh, san luis jumping up on the final match day after santos and pumas lost their matches so those were the two that managed to sneak in right at the death so that's that for liga mx in the czech republic the regular season of uh, the fortuna liga has come to an end we spoke of this on friday not a lot that could have happened in terms of the groups and not a lot that did happen it was the table basically uh, split as it was but at the top there were some interesting results uh, slavia prague held to a 1-1 draw by hradec kralove uh, uh Kralove sorry and uh Sparta the who were level on points at the start of the match day with them uh scoring an incredible win at Slovan Liberec they went 1-0 down in the 30th minute only scored the equalizer in the 10th uh in the in the 90th minute sorry a penalty from Aver Mabil and then in the 10th minute of stoppage time so in the 100th minute Mabil scored from the spot yet again to put them 2-1 up and they scored the third in the 15th minute of stoppage time for good measure uh, so they lead the way going into the championship group uh, and finally in the Australian Australian men's A league we had the final round of fixtures as well we spoke on friday about how central coast manners jumped up to second place ahead of adelaide united uh, and then of course melbourne city the premiers and then behind them it's western sydney Sydney and Wellington Phoenix in the finals. So Western United, Brisbane, Perth, Newcastle Jets, Melbourne Victory and MacArthur are out. Their seasons are done. So that's that for Australia. 
let's move on to the other leagues now. First up, in England, we had some incredible, incredible action on Friday night when Manchester United took on Aston Villa in the Women's Super League uh, in, 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 a, in, a, in, a, in a superb game of football, really. Villa, of course, very impressive this season. They're fifth. Uh, and and they took and they really took the fight to the league leaders. They scored the opener through Rachel Daly. She scored second the second as well, her second in the thirty seventh minute to put them back in front after Leah Galton equalized. Nikita Paris equalizing in the second half for United, who then went on to get a stoppage time winner through Millie Turner, uh, a, a great header from a set piece situation. So United won after basically leading for basically two minutes, not more than that. And that means, of course, they remain at the top of the table. Uh, there's seven points clear of Chelsea, who are in third. But Chelsea have three games in hand. So the title is still not in their hands. But they are very much in the race. And if, if they do end up winning it, maybe this this might be seen as the turning point, the, the decisive moment. So well done to them. Also had some Premier League action. As we said, Ben's not here for a reason. Uh, so Alex will tell us just why. <laughs> I could just laugh for the next minute. Uh, I would just like to say, it, it, surely everyone knows what happened. Right? Tottenham versus Liverpool. Tottenham, you see three goals in 20 minutes. They look like they're doing a Newcastle. Ben Griffiths is about to cry. And then they spend 90 minutes clawing themselves back into it for Richarlison to score his first Premier League goal of the season to take his top off to celebrate in the Anfield end, to get booked, for Lucas Moura to pass the ball straight away into the path of Jota to put it into the far corner. I was watching this goal with my girlfriend, who's not really got an interest in football, and we were crying with laughter. <laughs> it's one of the funniest moments of the season. I couldn't... Spurs fans, they know I have so much love for them. They're some of the <laughs> nicest fans online, but... That was genuinely the most Tottenham thing that's ever happened in the history of the world. I could not believe my eyes. Oh, man, yeah. Big spurs. Absolutely big spurs. I think that, that's all we can say. I think, I think we should pack it up. I think they should, they should honestly just fold the club because they're not doing anything more Tottenham than that. So I think pack it <laughs> up, boys. We're done out here. <laughs> On, on a, I can't. Richarlison's well, it happened, it happened like two weeks ago. He scored and got a goal disallowed. It's yeah, just, yeah. It's so, that poor man. <laughs> oh man! Well, yeah, I mean, it was absolutely insane. I, I, I was, I, I watched it at the start, and I saw them go what two nothing down. I was like, yeah, I'll watch something else. I was watching. I think I was watching probably Olympiacos. Uh, Panath- no, not Olympiacos. Panathinaikos and I came, and then I just had notifications on. Then I saw three one. I was like, hmm, three two. So three three. I was like, what on earth? Tottenham did come back. And then the moment I sort of turned to tune in, and the first thing I see is Lucas passing the ball back. <laughs> and then... <laughs> so... Oh, man. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. dear. <laughs> but, I mean, it, it's not something to mention on this podcast, but I know... And it's I think you might have seen a lot of people online in the Spurs fans saying, thank God it was Lucas. I'd encourage you to do your <laughs> research on that because I found that topic very interesting. Indeed, indeed, yeah. I mean, couldn't happen to a nicer man. Eh? Anyway, uh, let's let's go on. So we've got some more stuff from England, from a bit of stuff from the lower tiers. In the championship, Luton and Middlesbrough have sealed their spots in the promotion playoffs. The final couple are, of course, sort of still up for grabs. I think there's a match with Blackburn Rovers going on right now. So that's something to keep an eye on. At the bottom, Wigan Athletic and Blackpool are relegated. 
Velodrum just scored a huge win against Middlesbrough earlier today. So Huddersfield, uh, so uh, Reading are in real trouble. Huddersfield, I think, only need a point uh, with in a couple of games maybe to uh, secure their safety. And in that case, Reading will go down because I think they have a six-point deduction or certainly some deduction, which is proving very costly indeed for them. So those are probably gone from League One. We have Plymouth Argyle and Ipswich Town who have sealed the direct promotion spots and both have the chance to score 100 or more points uh, in their final matches. So that's that from England. Over in Germany, I am pleased to report that Borussia Dortmund are doing Borussia Dortmund things once again. This time on Friday, they drew with relegation battlers Bochum, uh, 1-1 in a sort of a regional battle, regional derby type of thing. And the big talking point from this game was a refereeing decision, which was clearly wrong, uh, when in the second half at 1-1, uh, Karim Adeyemi was clearly brought down in the box, uh, had his feet taken away from him, basically, while he was turning. The referee didn't give it uh, on-field, which is, I mean, that's a on-field refereeing mistake that happens. And that's why we have VAR. But VAR did precisely nothing. They asked them to happily play on. So, Fair bit of controversy after after the game. I think the referee, uh, who, the on-field referee, admitted that it uh, upon you know looking at the replays, he saw it as a, a, a sort of a, a mistake. But of course, can't do anything now. Uh, and then of course later, Bayern beat Hertha two uh, nil uh, at uh, in a match where again they weren't really convincing, but this time they got the goals that mattered. And Alex has just said that this isn't a title race; it's a title procrastination. <laughs> I think I think that's a that's a good point. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's I mean both both teams really do not want to win the title, but sadly there isn't anyone in third. Union. Has... Stefan Biankowski, um, the the great German uh, news commentator, would say he, he said he wants Union Berlin to win it because they're the only team who actually wants to win the Bundesliga. <laughs> yeah, I mean, fair enough. I think they're just. Mm, they've just fallen off a bit, I fear. That what? How far back are they? This I think something like eight five points. points. Yeah, five. I mean, yeah, I, I don't think they can do it. But it, honestly, I love it as well. It'd be great. But yeah, they're six points off. So I don't know. Maybe yeah. we'll see. Four, only four games left is uh, looking tough. But yeah, elsewhere, huge results at the bottom of the Bundesliga. Schalke is scoring a massive win. Mind you, that loss for hair targets Bayern leaves them in some real trouble. Four matches to go, six points from safety there. So they are probably gone, I dare say. But Schalke, who were last going into the weekend, I think. Uh, no, they were second last. Uh, but never they were in the relegation zone, thirdly. Scoring a huge win against Werder Bremen. They conceded early on. But then they equalized in the 81st minute. And then Dominic Drexler scored a stoppage time winner. Complete, they, they, they really didn't look like they'd get anything from the game. It's not a good performance at all. Uh, but then they absolutely turned it around, of course. And a huge win for them because that brings them within a point of safety. So the battle is back on. I think, as I said, Hertha are gone. But from 14th place Hoffenheim to 17th place Schalke, it's only four points. And maybe Augsburg too up at 31 points. But you know what? Augsburg, they, they always do this. They, they'll have any sort of season. And then Augsburg will always finish thirteenth. It's, it's one of the it's one of the inevitable things in life. Death taxes and Augsburg finishing thirteenth in the Bundesliga. So I won't count them in. But yeah, Hoffenheim, Stuttgart, Bochum, Schalke. That's the relegation battle to watch out for in the Bundesliga. And over in the Frauen Bundesliga, we had a very exciting match in the race for the final Women's Champions League spot. Of course, Bayern and Wolfsburg battling it out for the title. 
Behind them, Eintracht Frankfurt were three points clear of Hoffenheim in third place, the final uh, UEFA Champions League qualifier spot. And they played out a beautiful 3-3 game. So it remains as it was, but uh, a fun match over there. Let's next go on to Spain, where the relegation battle has heated up even more. Uh, Pepe Bordalas is back at Hetafe, of course. I think, um, yeah, all, all, the, all, the, the, all the defensive setups, he goes absolutely love that. And of course, I'm included in them. So I'd love to see him back. But sadly, his tenure has not gotten off to a great start. Hetafe lost to 19th place Espanyol 1 0, uh, thanks to a penalty from Hostelu. That means those two sides are now level on points. Hetafe remain 18th in the relegation zone, but they're only a couple of points from safety. Almeria and Valencia level above them, and Cadiz and uh, Real Valladolid, two more points above. Uh, Cadiz scoring a huge win there. They beat Valencia 2-1. Um, so that that's that's what the relegation picture looks like in La Liga. And I think another thing, uh, I think maybe Ajay brought this up on Twitter, that Sevilla, of course, were involved in the relegation battle for most of the season. Uh, since supporting Jose Luis Mendeliba, they've been in great form. And now they might even have a shot at a European spot. Currently, I think about five or six points off, but their fixture list looks easier than than most others. And in fact, I think the thing Ajay was saying that they might even have a chance of finishing above Real Betis. Those two sides will play. There's currently eight points between them. Those two sides will play each other. And so we have a significantly easier fixture list. So it, 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 I think that says all about how La Liga is this season because they were in the relegation battle. They might even challenge for Europe at the end. That's how close it is uh, down there. Uh, speaking of uh, Spain, just one thing I quickly like to mention is the Segunda División, where the relegation battle is not very close. Uh, Lugo are relegated uh, at the bottom from last absolutely. I think they haven't won a single game in 2023. So they are gone. And I think, Alex, you'll, you'll remember the good times when uh, Koke scored for Ibiza. Uh, well, oh yes, I, I, I'm sad to that, say that was an early podcast <laughs> highlight. I'm sad, I'm sad to say Ibiza and Koke will both be relegated to the Tercera Division oh, no. as well, most likely. They're 17 points off with four games left. They're it's gone. going down in Ibiza. <laughs> <laughs> they are there, but uh, yeah, it's so not much of a relegation battle above them. 18th place Leganes, six points clear off 19th place Malaga. So eh, not much there, but maybe they need something to ease the pain. <laughs> deal with the, deal with the host by giving himself a high. <laughs> we love you. So they'll have their ways. I'm sure. I'm sure they they if anyone know how how to deal with it. But uh, yeah. But I, what question: I Do they play in white? Uh, their home kit is uh, li- like sort of. I love blue. how you know the answer to that question. <laughs> I love oh, how I, you I, know. I, what's their away kit though? I I think it's. It might be maybe yellow or something. It's not white, I don't think. It's a darker shade, maybe. Let me see. Ibiza, Ibiza FC awake it. What's this? This looks like uh, this is like oh, that's a cool kit, by the way. Um, yeah. That it's, that it's... does look like what you'd see if you did do coke. It's just sky. <laughs> fair point. Yeah. Uh, may- yeah. Maybe that's symbolism in the kit. Yeah. Fair. Uh, but yeah, nice kit. But anyway, what I wanted to say quickly was. Um, the promotion battle super exciting from first place Ibar to fifth place Las Palmas five spots of course two direct uh, and playoff spots only three points and then the final playoff spot Albacete are two points above Cartagena Cartagena sorry so promotion battle very exciting indeed right let's head over to Italy then 
Of course, he spoke of Roma's title and Napoli's failure to win. Um, but loads of other stuff going on as well. Uh, in the relegation battle, Lecce scored a huge, huge victory. Their first in nine games, of which, by the way, they lost seven of them. Uh, but finally, this weekend, they managed to put up a win. As I said, they beat Udinese 1-0. Uh, and that's really helpful for them because I think that makes their gap to the relegation zone four points. Uh, the other big uh, six points was Elas Verona against Cremonese, both in the relegation zone right now. And Cremonese took the lead to come within four points of, uh, five points of safety, but Verona equalized. So Verona now level on points with Spezia, only down on the head-to-head record, I believe. Um, but uh, Cremonese, if, if their form continues, they might just get up there towards the end. Six games to go in Serie A. So that's, that's the thing to watch. Uh, by the way, Alex, r- random question. Do you have a guess for who uh, has the longest ongoing unbeaten streak in Serie A? Oh, good question. Uh, could Take um, I was, was going to say, I can look at the table, but that would be slightly cheating. Um, longest current unbeaten streak? Yeah. Could you give me a clue in terms of... I, I, I'm actually... No, you don't give me a clue. Uh, but I'm going to assume it's actually not very a not very long streak. I it's, reckon it... I think it's nine games. Let me quickly check that. Ooh, I think it's nine, nine games. games? That, I think that's a hint because, you know, nine games is a long time. And I think if you look back to nice nine games, you know, the, probably the teams you're thinking of have lost because all of the top sides have not been... Let me, let me quickly check that though. Nine games. Yep, it's nine games indeed. Uh, I've, got, all... I've, got, I've got a team streaking out to me. It could be wrong. I've not checked their results to play, but I know they've been in good form. Go on. Is it Thiago Motta's Bilongia? No, unfortunately not. But that's a great that's a great guess because yeah, they're up in eight. They're doing having a great time. Um, I think they might even be in with a chance for a European spot if Juventus get that point deduction. But no, it's not them. It's Salernitana, believe it or not. They are unbeaten wow. in nine. Of course, they held Napoli to the draw this weekend. I mean, to be fair, they've only won two of those. They've drawn seven. But still, that's, that's quite a lot of unbeaten streak. And so they're now seven yeah. points uh, above the relegation zone. So the, those draws are handy, let me tell you. Uh, but, but yeah, that, I, I don't think you could have guessed that. So that's, that's a fun fact. Fair enough. Well played, Flynn. Yep. Uh, and elsewhere, quickly, in Serie A, uh, Lazio couldn't have been your guest because they lost to Inter 3-1. Of course, gave Napoli the chance to win the title. And a great match as well between Roma and Milan with two stoppage time goals in a 1-1 draw. So the race for Europe is pretty exciting. Fourth place Inter, that's the Champions League spot. Fifth place Milan and sixth place Roma, all level on points. All only four behind second place Lazio. And of course, Atalanta within two of them. So they have a look in as well. So a fun battle for Europe going on. And you guys salute Simone and Zaghi. Look at them go now. <laughs> Champions League final, Champions League semi-final, Coppa Italia final, Champions League spot, already won a Super Coppa Italiana this year. Inter Milan. Inter Milan. Good shout. Other boys. I have to give you that. Fair enough. Fair play on that one. Yeah, but well, I mean, we'll see if they get that top four spot, of course. Still a pretty close battle, but yeah, they're, they're, they're in much better nick now. So fair play to you on that one. Let's, let's move on, though. I think you've got something for us from Belgium. Yes, from the league system, which I still don't know how it works. Uh, we've got the, the playoffs in the championship. No, fortunately, we, we mentioned last week the three of us how we really, 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 really didn't want Club Uga to uh, 
go and win the, the playoffs because that'd be yeah. gutting. And um, Genk actually beat them 3 1 uh, on Sunday. Uh, got a bit of a scare though, didn't we? Brugge yeah. scored first, Van, Van Aken. Uh, yeah. school in the ninth minute. I'm thinking, oh no, I was having but, flashbacks. Um, yeah, I was having flashbacks <laughs> as well. Daniel Munoz though, scored in the 80th minute with his header. I think Genk had a goal disallowed after that as well. Mark McKenzie scored later on, but our favorite was um Joseph Pantel to make it 3 1. It was Trezor got the ball, didn't he? And yeah. then a nice bit of link up play, it bent a, a teasing cross to the back post, and Pantel just finished it in really nicely. So very good stuff for Genk. Keep platform going, Club Bruger. Keep losing together. <laughs> I mean, surely they're done now. What's their gap? Surely they're... I think it's like 11 or 12 points in this what, is... five games left. I don't care if it's, it's like mathematically impossible for them to lose the title. Mathematically impossible for them to win the title. Not quite yet. I st- we, can't, we, can't, we can't write them off. <laughs> Fair. But hey, uh, speaking of uh, Mike Tressor, He's been great hasn't he, this season. How many assists does he have? Let me quickly check that. Because he has been superb. He's been so fun to watch. It's I think it's like 14, 13. Let, let, let's have a quick look. He's he's got, of course, one in this and where are the assists? Ooh, 21. Wow. Well, is that now nah, I need to check that. Is that right? Is that is that only the pro league? What day? What data provider are you looking at? I'm I'm looking at Fortmore, but with the with the with the split thing, it's a bit confusing because if you go on this page, it says one game, one assist because the, the championship playoff has split. So no, um, Sofa score is also counting at twenty two assists. Wow! Oh yeah, twenty one plus one. So yeah, uh, twenty two assists, oh, yes, eight goals. Twenty two. Yeah. Wow. Twenty two. Wow. Yeah, he's got a bit. Twenty three years old still. So he's he's got to get a big move. He'll turn twenty four later this month. This is his big chance, I reckon. He goes to the top five league and smashes it. Yeah. yeah, what a player! Yeah, great stuff from him there. Uh, let's go on to some other title races. Uh, in Denmark, we had a big Copenhagen derby and a big result. Brøndby beating FC Copenhagen and giving some real hope of Copenhagen being knocked off the top spot again. North Zealand had a golden chance to do that. And they lost. They lost to AGF, uh, Arhus. Um, so they remain where they were in second, a couple of points off. And yeah, you know, honestly, this is a bit of a title procrastination as well. That's what it's boiled down to in Denmark. Uh, but but we'll see how that goes. Uh, Nordland, though. So I was just saying, quick one, because uh, yeah. I, I I didn't watch this game, but I watched Nordland. I looked at their FOTMOB lineup. FOTMOB really get a lot of shouts this podcast. Yeah. But I encourage anyone, if you've got a spare moment at any weekend, just look at Nordschland's lineup and look at the like the age of every oh, player. Man. I think there was like there was like one who was over twenty two. It's yeah. insane. <laughs> yeah. The, 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 what's their average age? I bet it's something like twenty this season. Let me really check that. But yeah, God, those guys. I, I bet I bet their average age. Like I reckon it's it, it, it won't be like twenty. Well, it won't be 25, uh, but it won't I, be 21. I look, I look at the FB ref one, so that's weighted for minutes, right? So I'm going to go 22. I'm going to go 23.2. Okay, wow. Fair enough. Uh, let me let me quickly check this. Uh, until then, let me just quickly mention what's going on at the bottom, where we had a huge result. Alborg beating Lungby, jumping off the bottom spot, and I think closing the gap to safety to five points so their great escape might yet be on wait what did you say alex um 23.2 0.2 oh it's 23.3 on the way <laughs> I, I tell you what i will say 
that's interesting because I did just check. Um, I usually go to Transmart for average age. Mm. That's the youngest average age I've ever seen. Uh, they have it at twenty one point nine. The squad. Yeah, uh, all wow. players used. I think it would be yeah, which is uh-huh. that. That is ridiculous. Wow. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. That yeah. might that might be the like that might be the youngest like that 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 probably is in within a shout of being the youngest team in like Europe's top ten leagues or top Ooh, fifteen easily. leagues. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Easily, I reckon. Yeah. In, that's yeah that's incredible but yeah i think that says it all about notes and i think everyone knows about all their uh, youth academy development stuff their right to dream academy and all that so yeah it's, it's i mean it'd be great to see them win the title but the fact that they are competing in itself is a big achievement but anyway as i was saying down at the bottom got distracted there but uh albor scoring a huge win over lingby jumping within five points of safety and i think their next game is against horsens who are in the spot above them. Oh, sorry, it's four points to safety. My bad. So, yeah, it's it's that'll be a huge, huge game in the relegation battle. Must win really for uh, Obi because we've only got five games left. And if they pull it off, what an escape it will be. Uh, but that's that from Denmark. Huge game moving on in Greece. Uh, Panathinaikos against IAK. Uh, this was first versus second level on points. And I think the fourth last game of the season and uh, with this all the other sides are mathematically out of the title race. Olympiakos, Pauk no chance of winning the title no matter what happens so it's these two, two horse race facing off with three games left basically the title decided as, as close as it gets and it ended nil-nil, no goals for us so we remain level on points now the, it's interesting this, the tiebreaker in uh, the Greek Super League is first head-to-head but these guys have the same head-to-head record, so there's nothing to separate them there. Then the next tiebreaker is not goal difference. It's points at the end of the regular season. And that's where Panathinaikos have a two-point advantage from them, which is what's putting them first. If, if, if it was goal difference, IK would be comfortably ahead. But it's points uh, from the end of the regular season. So as things stand, the title is, well, I mean, not really in their hands, but Panathinaikos probably the favourites for the title. So, but still, obviously, very, very close. There's something to watch over there. Um, over in Bulgaria, we had a big game. Ruto Goretz is, uh, I think, what is it 10 or 11 season streak now of uh, winning the title is under serious threat from Siska Sofia. They were second going into this game, two points off, but they managed to retake the lead of the league. They won 1-0 uh, uh, with a fairly late goal and a match that was interrupted after that goal was scored because fans... Uh, the the Siska Sofia fans it was a home game for them were throwing some stuff onto the pitch and the opposition players so the players went in but then eventually came back out and finished the game that's not the end of the title race though because these two sides will of course qualify for the championship playoff group and they will face each other there so Siska Sofia still in with a chance of the title over in in Turkey we had a big big result at the top third place Besiktas not really in the title race uh, but doing a big favour to uh, their rivals Fenerbahce by beating their other rivals Galatasaray 3-1 a comeback win I think it was and that that really livens up the title race Fenerbahce won their match earlier uh, and what that means is that they are within three points now of Galatasaray and let me tell you something the last game of the Turkish Super League season for these sides you guessed it it's the Intercontinental Derby it's Fenerbahce away at Galatasaray on the final match day on the 11th of June the gap between them currently is three points. That would be a base, uh, yeah. That would be a literal title decider if uh, it remains the same. But loads of time, of course, for things to change. 
but at the moment, three months between Fenerbahce and Galatasaray and Besiktas, only five of the league. So maybe they might be in with a chance if the other two teams drop points. So a title race to look out for, certainly, in the Super League. A title race, which won't last for long, is in the Eredivisie Vrouwen. Uh, Ajax uh, and Twente, the top two, were in action on the penultimate match day. And it was Ajax who scored a crucial victory against Twente, the defending champions, to overtake them. But uh, They're now a point above them. I think Twente only lost one game and won all of their others uh, uh, so far this season. Of course, lost the second here. And now, on the final match day, they need to hope that Ajax drop points if they are to have a chance of the title. So, a big result there. Ajax looking good for the Eredivisie title there. Of course, the men's team not looking good at all. Um, but uh, also, I think that's what we've got really from the European leagues. A couple of things from some of the other, uh, well, the summer leagues that I just want to add. Uh, over in Brazil, we had a uh, 10-man Botafogo beating F- uh, Flamengo, of course, that's or Sao Paulo's Flamengo. And they ha- have a perfect record. It's only three games in the season, but three wins from three for Botafogo is, is a great start to the season. Over uh, in Chile, we had the Chilean Clásico, Universidad de Chile against Universidad Católica. And sadly, that game didn't actually end. After about half an hour, uh, it was suspended because fireworks thrown from the stands hit uh, some people on the pitch, including the fourth official and a camera person because they suffered injuries too. Nothing too serious reportedly, but of course not great to see. And of course, after that, the players went in, game was suspended, not resumed. And this isn't the first time that they've had crowd trouble uh, in, in uh, at uh, Universidad de Chile. It's something that the authorities will be investigating there. Over in Korea, the K-League won it, we're, of course, very early on in the season, only about 10 games, but I think the relegation favourites are quite clear already. And they are two-time AFC Champions League winners, and I think four-time K-League 1 winners, Suwon Blue Wings. They only have two points from the 10 games, so still winless. They made a managerial change uh, recently. I think, in fact, this weekend they had a new manager making his debut. Let me quickly check that. But, yeah, so after 10 games, only two points. That means they're eight points off the sides above them. Of course, the K-League, a 12-team league, will split into the championship and relegation groups uh, after a point. But uh, with points not changing, it's not looking good for Suwon Blue Wings. Yeah, this was the first match in charge for Choi uh, Sung-yong. Uh, and he has quite a job on his hands. Uh, from what I watched, the performance was much, I think, improved from the past. But no result, of course. And uh, that's, that's the trouble, really. That sums it up for them. So let's see if they can pull this off. It'll be quite an escape if they do. Uh, and last thing is from, well, two things finally. Second last thing is from America, where we had in the NWSL a couple of uh, f- fairly crazy things. First, in the Portland Thorns against Angel City, uh, we saw a goalkeeper scoring a back heel equalizer in stoppage time to make it 3 3. Uh, and just to, to steal a point there. So I, I'll link that. That was an unbelievable goal. When I was watching, I, 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 didn't, I didn't realize that. I was watching the highlights. Uh, I was I saw the corner come in, and then I saw the goalkeeper backheel it into the net. I was like, what is the goalkeeper doing? Why would he score an own goal like that? And then eventually I realized, oh, it's the opposition goalkeeper who's in the box at the end. <laughs> so the, it, it, I, I didn't get it at first, but yeah, it was, it was a crazy goal. Uh, and then before that, an interesting thing we saw was 
Houston Dash against North Carolina, uh, Courage was it was played for about 50 minutes, uh, NTC 1-0 up. And then there was a bad weather thunderstorm and that sort of stuff. So the players went in uh, and then they waited till midnight basically. And that's not a, a good good time for them either. And then they were sort of warming up to resume. And then ultimately they decided against it and abandoned the game. And usually under such circumstances, you resume it at a later point. But no, uh, they simply declared the result. Uh, uh, so the Houston Dash who, by the way, had a perfect record, uh, sorry, not a perfect, an unbeaten record before this game, lost their unbeaten record uh, because they didn't get to play a full game. So they, they weren't particularly happy about that, but hey, that's how it is. So they, they of course, move on. They're now level on points with the courage after that result. Uh, and last thing I want to mention is from Norway, where we had a peaceful game between Viking and Hamkam, only 1-0 at halftime, and it ended 7-3. 10 goals in total, 10 different goal scorers. I think that's got to be some sort of a record because obviously 10 goal games are rare enough, but 10 different scorers? Wow. That, that I mean, I, I don't know how I'll check that, but certainly a very interesting fact and interesting game there. And speaking of Norway, I just want to mention defending champions Mulder not at all having a good time at the start of the new season. Of course, last season they didn't get off to a good start either, but then came back for the title. But it wasn't this bad. Right now, they only got one point from four games. Uh, and most recently, they lost to newly promoted Stabek this weekend uh, with after conceding uh, a 95th minute goal, uh, which was basically the last meaningful kick of the game to lose there. So, uh, not good times for them. They lost to Lidstrom before, lost to Tromso on the opener in a match they absolutely dominated but couldn't score. And the only point they got was off Rosenborg. So let's see what they can do. But otherwise, Bodo Glimp looking in a good position for the title uh, very, very early on. But yeah, that's that. That is what we have got for you from this episode of the Frantic Football Podcast. Last thing I want to mention, the Women's Champions League semi-final. Arsenal against Wolfsburg, as I said. That's still going on, but Wolfsburg have turned it around. When I mentioned at the start, it was 1-0 Arsenal. It's 1-2 Wolfsburg now. So let's see who gets through there. But yeah, thank you very much for uh, joining us. Thank you for listening. Big thanks to Alex as well for his time. Uh, And of course, we will be back on Friday to recap the week's action, which includes a bunch of league fixtures once again and a couple of cup finals here and there. Uh, And of course, we will also be back next Monday too on the free feed to recap whatever happens over the weekend. So join us then if you can. And thanks for listening again. Have a good week. Take care. Goodbye.